Okay, if you would take your Bible and turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And I'm going to pick up in verse 18, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter, or the end of the book. 1 John 5, verse 18. We know that whatsoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. The title of the message this morning is, We Know and Understand. We Know and Understand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to open your precious word. We thank you that we can raise our voice, lift our voice in song and praise to thee. For thou art alone art worthy of our praise, of our honor, our worship. Father, I pray as we look into the word of God today that we allow the word of God which is the sword of the Spirit, to search our hearts, to have his, and allow the Spirit of God, who is the author of your word, to have his will and his way, and to bear witness to the truth as it is preached, and give wisdom in preaching the word of God, and I pray that you'd be with the hearers, give open, receptive hearts to thy truth. Have your will and way. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, sometimes we use euphemisms, so we do not appear harsh or blunt. You know, for example, we say he passed away instead of he died. That's not as blunt, you know. You know, the Lord said of Moses, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. <coughs> Moses, my servant, is dead. You know, sometimes we refer to people as being in the dark, and really what we mean by that is, they're not very bright, they're not wise, they're kind of dumb. You know, but a euphemism is, well they're, well, they're kind of in the dark. In other words, they're lacking knowledge, and they lack knowledge that is available to anyone who's willing to receive it. Many people lack knowledge that is available to anyone who will receive it. And they are, scripturally, in the dark. John 8.12 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Ephesians 5.8, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, said, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And so, <clears throat> the scripture here gives us, and as it concludes this chapter and this book, so he gives us again some things that we know. There are really there's three we knows, really four, if you if you divide up verse nineteen. Uh, <clears throat> there's a contrast there, but some things we know and and that we understand and 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 that the world does not know. They're in the dark. They're in the dark. But we know. First of all. We know we are kept by the power of God. Verse 18 says, We know 
that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. The word know, again, is the word that means knowledge by experience. We know it, we, 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 we have knowledge of it, and we've experienced it. And I want to notice three things here as we divide up this verse. We know, first of all, a Christian does not live in or practice sin. When it says, we know that whatsoever is born of God sinneth not. It means a Christian, somebody that is born again, does not live in, their lifestyle is not sinful. Led, controlled, and just practice a practice of sin. That is not the life of a child of God. And of course, we, we read about this earlier and preached about this earlier in chapter 3 of 1 John, in verses 4 through 10, where it says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. The word sinneth, the word sinneth here is talking about a continual practice. It's the way they live. They live in rebellion against God. That's their lifestyle. And unbelief and rebellion against God. You know, it's interesting. I've been thinking about the book of Titus and as we're going through it in Scripture memory. I think I'm going to start preaching through it. You know, it talks about the unbelieving to, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and the unbelieving, all things are not, all things are defiled. Uh, and, and so, it's talking about a practice here of sin. That's their practice. Little children, verse 7, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness, again, speaking of a practice, doing, is righteous even as he is righteous. He that committeth, talking about an ongoing thing, committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. That's, that's the devil's practice. That's his, that's his life. He, he practices sin. He's a liar, he's a deceiver, and he practices sin. Uh, he practices those things. Uh, for the devil sinneth from the beginning... For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. In other words, he, his, his seed, in other words, he can't be unborn. He's got the seed of the word of God dwelling in him. He can't be unborn. His seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. He cannot continue in sin. That's the idea. In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. In fact, in verse 14 it says, And we know that we have passed from death and life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. And the wages of sin is death. And if you abide in sin, you are abiding in death. A Christian does not abide in death. He doesn't abide in sin. It's not where he lives. Does he sin? Yes. Did David sin? Yes. Did he stay there? No. Doesn't stay there. David's heart was to get right with his God, which he did. You see, a Christian does not live in sin. He doesn't live consistently contrary to the word of God, to the counsel of God through his church, the pillar and ground of truth. It is the place where we ought to go for counsel, the pillar and ground of truth. 
And when a person continues in rebellion against the word, it displays itself by an unrepentant, unconverted heart. You know, Bible says in here in First John that God is greater than our heart, knoweth all things, and He will not allow He will not allow a Christian to go on in sin without chastisement. Or as we heard last week, maybe even the sin of death. You know, we've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever, and that word abides in us. And that through his through his spirit. We've been made a child of God through Jesus Christ. And if you be risen, or since you've been risen with Christ, seek those things that are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not in things here. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. With God. So we know a Christian does not live in or practice sin. That's not his lifestyle. The second thing we know here from verse 18 is. A child of God attends to his life with God. He attends to his life with God. Notice verse 18 again. We know that whatsoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. Now the word keepeth has the idea of to attend to or to take care of or to guard. You know, a person that's into fitness. You know what they do? They attend to themselves. They take care of themselves. They watch over themselves. They guard what they eat and what they do and and what they put in their bodies. They're taken care of. You know, we're to be taken, you know, a Christian, somebody that's truly born again, takes care of or attends to their Christian life. Their relationship with God. When somebody has no interest in the things of God, I don't put much stock in their salvation, their life with God. If they don't care about what God thinks. And this is, the, this is what, what I see in the scriptures is, you know, you think about it. Those at Antioch were called Christian because they attended to their relationship and their fellowship and their service with the Lord. They attended to it. They were diligent about their relationship with the Lord and their testimony for the Lord. You know, in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and, and verse 1, speaking to the church at Thessalonica, again, this is one of those churches that attended to the Word of God and they received the Word of God as it is in truth. The word of God, which effectually worketh in them that believe. And then in chapter 5, he says, But at times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. When they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. You know, again, the world's in the dark. The world's talking about peace and peace and peace. And while there's all these wars and skirmishes going on in the world. You know, there's things going on in the world that we don't hear, really hear about. Turkey, just this week, did airstrikes in Syria and Iraq. It was constantly unrest. Anyway, there is peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as to veil upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. 
you know, they, they have no, no, no idea about the coming of the Lord. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. For ye are all the children of the light, the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, of, helmet, for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. So the people of Thessalonica, they attended to those things, and, they, and he says, you know, you know perfectly. This isn't going to be a surprise to you when the Lord comes. Why? Because you're attending to your fellowship, your relationship with the Lord. You're attending to it. The people in the church in Antioch, Thessalonica, uh, Corinth, and all these places, they put effort into their fellowship with the Lord. They assembled together. They worked together to take the gospel to those outside. They They worked together to address problems in the church. You know, there were some that Corinth that sent letters to Paul and said, you know, what do we do? This, this, this is happening. And, and Paul wrote these epistles, which are given for our instructions today, and says, this is what you do. You know what? They did them. They addressed those things. They were willing to receive instruction. You know, when a, when a person will not receive instruction, it indicates they are lacking understanding. If they will not receive instruction. It's foolish. Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase with learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Jesus said in John 10 and 28, My sheep hear my voice. Now that's not just hearing it with the ear because he goes on and says and they follow me in other words they receive my instruction they receive it you know Paul had a desire he, he attended to his walk with the Lord and he had this continual desire to know the Lord in a greater and greater way that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. You see, we know. He says, we know. That whatsoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. He attends to his Christian life. Paul told Timothy to take care of himself in uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. He says, Let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. You need to attend to these things, Timothy. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. You know, reading, 
We all know what reading is. Exhortation, that's really preaching, exhorting, challenging one, encouraging one another. Doctrine, that's teaching. You need to give heed to these things. Give attendance to it. Give time to it. And then he says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So, a child of God attends to his life with God. With God. The third thing we see here in verse 18 is, we know the gods, the gods of the world do not control God's people. Look at verse 18 again. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he is begotten of God, keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. The gods of this world do not control a child of God. The wicked one, it says, toucheth him not. Now the word wicked one, it's one word in Greek which means the wicked man, that is the evildoer or the evil man who injures you. However, this this is speaking preeminently of the devil, the evil one. But it could be an evil man or an evil woman. Anyone that's evil. But it says in here, the wicked one toucheth him not. That word toucheth means to assail, to lay hold of, to hold fast. Really the idea of being bound by being bound by and we have a picture I believe of this very thing in Acts chapter 8 and verse 23 you remember Simon the sorcerer uh, and, and of course he, he, he believed hearing the, the gospel being preached to him by Philip and, and he was baptized and then, they, and then he saw the disciples came down and laid their hands uh, John, uh, Peter and John came down and laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when he saw that, he, he, he offered money to Peter to have this power also. And Peter said to him that he was in the bonds of iniquity and needed to repent. But see, a child of God is not in the bonds of iniquity. We're not controlled or under the dominion of the devil. After all, 1 John 4, 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and, and have overcome him them, because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. If we have the life of God living in us, there's no one that can bind us. There's no one that has greater power than the power of God. That dwells within us by His Holy Spirit. Therefore, we are not bound by the evil one. We cannot be bound. We cannot be possessed or controlled by the devil. Now, can a child of God allow the devil? Or can can a child of God follow the devil? Yes, you can. But you're not bound. You're not bound. We're not under his control. Sin hath no more dominion over us, Romans chapter 6 tells us in verse 11. And so we know 
you know, we can sum all these things up by saying we know that we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, 1 Peter 1, 5. The second thing we know is we know that the world is comfortable in bondage to sin and Satan. Notice verse 19. And we know that we are of God. There's really two things here in this verse, but I'm particularly going to address the third one, the, sec- uh, the one of them. We know, as contrast, we know that we are of God. We, we saw that really in the earlier one. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. Now, we are often surprised or disappointed with the way the world acts and opposes us or is offended by, by when we share the truth with them. But after all, the God of this world is Satan. It's the devil. And he is a deceiver. He is the deceiver. He's the father of lies. He's a murderer from the beginning, John 8 tells us. And the Bible here tells us, John here tells us that the whole world lieth in wickedness. That means it lies in the power of the evil one. It is held in subjection to the devil. It is bound to him by their sin. That's really the idea. And we see this taught throughout the scriptures in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Galatians 4 and verse 1. uh, Galatians 1 and verse 4, I'm sorry. It says, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So, so through Christ, we can be delivered from this present evil world. We can be delivered from the bondage of the devil. In Ephesians chapter 2, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's again the devil. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, were by nature of the children of wrath, even as others. If you're living to fill the desires of your flesh and fulfilling the, uh, the, uh, the desires of the mind, and you're a child of, of wrath, you're under the control of the prince of the power of the air. And you're lying in his lap, if you will. You're held in subjection by Satan. The whole world lies in wickedness. After all, Satan is the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says, But if our gospel to hid, be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the god of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Ephesians 4 speaks of this also in Ephesians chapter 4 in verses 17 through 20. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened. See, they're in the dark. They're living foolishly. They're living without the light of God, the light of His Word. Having understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, greediness, but ye have not so learned 
Christ. If so be, ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. See, the world's in the dark. And if you're living for your world, if you're living for your flesh, you're living in the dark. And you may be doing it ignorantly. But you can't be totally ignorant and be here Sunday after Sunday hearing the truth of God's word. Because now you know. But you know, sometimes when people hear the truth, they hear the light of the word, they react, they are offended. You know, every preacher of righteousness has exposed the world with its lies, its false beliefs, and many times suffered for it. Abel was killed. By his brother. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 tells us, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. You know, Abel's testimony is still speaking as a light to the truth, but it cost him his life. Enoch, seventh from Adam. Jude tells us, Enoch, also the son of Madam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their uh, hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Of course, we have Noah. Hebrews eleven seven says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to saving his house, by which he condemned the world, became heir of the righteousness which is of faith. And we could go on and on and on. And you come to Jesus. And John 15, John 15, and verse 18, If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but have, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. Again, if you're hearing the truth, you have no cloak for your sin. For he that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. This cometh to pass, that the word might be filled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Without a cause. That statement struck me. Matthew 21, 15 says this. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful works, the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, 
When they saw the wonderful things they did, you'd think they'd say, praise the Lord. You know what they did? It says they were sore displeased. Sore displeased. Just this week, I spoke with a man. He was very friendly. So I asked, began to ask questions about his relationship with the Lord. I asked him first if he was a religious man. And then he began to tell me his religious experience. He was okay until I began to talk about the person of Jesus Christ. And then he asked me a question about why we have to assemble. What's the difference between sitting in the, your living room and watching TV and going to church and listening to a preacher preach? So I give him what the scripture said, and all of a sudden he wasn't friendly. He was offended. Did I lie to him? Did not I give him the light of truth? You know, Psalm 35, 19, 20 says, Let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me. Let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. For they speak not peace, but to devise deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land. Psalm 69, 4 says, They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. You know, it should not surprise us. We should be not shocked that our Senate just passed a so-called Respect of Marriage Act. Because just like Chris mentioned the Sunday school class from Nehemiah, they weren't, didn't really want to kill the people. They just wanted the work to cease. They just want the work to cease. They want the work of God to cease. And so they'll allow laws to pass that they think will shut our mouth from witnessing, bearing witness to the truth concerning sin and sinful lifestyles. Of course, In that vote, our two rhino senators voted for it. You know, the world lies in and under the spell of Satan's power, and it is our purpose and our privilege to work to see them set free. Set free by the power of the living God. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 24, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing them that oppose themselves. If you're under the bondage of Satan, and you're lying under the power of Satan, and are subject to him, you're opposing yourself. You're heading yourself to your own destruction. So in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, 
that they recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You know, in Acts chapter 26, Paul is rehearsing his testimony before Agrippa because the Jews wanted to kill him. And in verse 16 of Acts 26, he starts by saying this, But rise, and this is what the Lord said to him, Rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have prepared, I've appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the, Gentile, uh, from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Isn't that wonderful news? You would think everybody would want to hear that. And he goes on, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Why would anyone want to kill someone who gives them the truth, gives them the light of God's word, that can set them free from the control and dominion of Satan, the father of lies and a murderer from the beginning? But remember, Jesus said they hated me without a cause. There is no just cause why anyone would hate the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no just cause why anyone would hate a church that preaches the truth. There's no just cause. We're not lawbreakers. You remember the uproar at Ephesus and the uh, town clerk. He said, You have brought hither these men which are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. They've broken any laws. They've done nothing worthy of what you're trying to do. There's no just cause for this. Why does the world hate us? They hate us without a cause. They hate us because they're energized. They're, they're lying. They're bound. They're in the bondage of the power of the devil. That's why they hate us. Is it not because they lack understanding into their present state of sin and condemnation? Is it not because they do not understand they are headed for an eternal hell? And without repentance, a person will, you will perish in hell for all eternity. But we have a cause. We have a purpose. We have the light. We are of God. And therefore, we have the light, the truth. Because, thirdly, we know and understand that Christ has come. Verse 20. 
And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true, even in the Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. You see, we know and understand that Christ has come. You know, one of the things that the Jews did not believe and chose not to believe was that Jesus was the Christ. They didn't believe he was their Messiah. To this day, they refuse to accept that he was their Messiah. And they are in darkness. Do you realize that Israel has the biggest gay parades in the world? They are in rebellion against God. Big time. They're living in denial, even now. I read the other day, you know, this, this guy was like, what's wrong with these Israelis? They're in denial that the vaccines have caused all these deaths that are dying in Israel. You know why? Do you know why people don't see that stuff? Because they're blind. They are willfully blind. They're following lockstep with this world. And the liars and deceivers of this world who are energized by the devil... But we know. We know we are of God, and we know we are of God by the record of his word that we see in this chapter. And the witness of the Spirit, verses 10 through 13 says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And, and you know, we, we understand from this chapter that when you believe that Jesus is the Christ, not just Jesus, but Jesus is the Christ. He's not just a man. He's the appointed God-man, chosen of God to be the Savior of the world, the only acceptable sacrifice for sin. He is God with us. That's really what Christ means. And he says, we know the Son of God is come. Again, that word know is known by knowledge by experience. We know we've experienced his forgiveness. We've experienced his cleansing from sin. We know and experience the witness of his spirit in our lives, directing us, giving us understanding in his word. And, and, we, and again, we understand. The word understanding means a mental process of a person who comprehends. Comprehends. Do you ever try to explain something to somebody and you, and, you, and, you, and you finally come to this conclusion? They just don't get it. They just don't get it. You know, all of us went to school and probably sometime in our schooling or somewhere along the way, your teacher was trying to explain something to us and, 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 and you maybe said, I just don't get it. But then one day the light bulb turned on. And finally, you understood. That's the idea here. That's a mental process by a person who comprehends. That's what understanding means. And, and so, biblically, it means to have a renewed mind to understand God's holiness, yet his love in providing for our redemption. Providing for sinners. How can a holy God fellowship with sinners? 
You know, that, that seems like a contradiction to the world. But God makes us righteous in Him. And He doesn't see us as sinners anymore. He sees us as saints. Which means holy ones. So, we understand God's holiness, yet His love and providing redemption. We know the love of God that passes understanding. It means to have a renewed mind wherein we learn to think like God and in agreement with God. You know, the world's philosophy of child training is, oh my goodness, I, I just love my child too much. I could never discipline them. The Bible says, he that hateth his son spares his rod. He that hateth his son. See, we need to have a renewed mind. It is to understand that we are his children and we are his witnesses to the truth concerning the world and their opposition. And really, their opposition is not, it's not, it's targeted to us, but it's not really, we're not the problem. It's our Lord that is. You know, if you, if you never witnessed to anybody, they wouldn't give you any problems. If you never lived for God out in the world, they wouldn't give you any problems. They don't care. As long as you don't rub them the opposite way. Quote, unquote. See, we're not to live controlled by the world. The world wants to live under the control of the devil. And so they're going to go in the opposite direction and do things opposing us. But it's also to understand that we have the privilege and opportunity to show them the truth that they may be delivered from the power of darkness and be translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. You see, we are to walk, to live in the understanding that God gives us and thereby keep ourselves from serving things, gods that are not pleasing Him. Notice verse 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. No, we're to serve the true God. We, we're to know and understand, we know and understand who is the true God, and we are to serve Him. And, and, and again, to understand is to learn, to judge, to discern what is true by the Word of God. Let's look at a couple of, a couple of verses of Scripture here. Romans 12, 2. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove. How can you prove what is that true and acceptable and perfect will of God? By renewing of your mind. And you renew your mind by filling it with the word of God. Philippians 1, verses 9 and 10. And again, this principle is taught throughout the Bible. Uh, you know, the psalmist said, Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. Uh, Philippians 1, verses 9 and 10. Paul writes to the church of Philippi and says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. The idea of judgment here is to discern what is right and wrong. 
that ye may approve things that are excellent. Excellent. That ye may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. In other words, so the idea is you approve things that are pleasing to God so you do not offend. You're without offense to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. That requires a renewing of our minds. We need to learn to think, to evaluate, to examine things like God does. 1 Corinthians 2.15 tells us that the spiritual man judgeth all things. In other words, he examines. He examines all things. Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10. Colossians 1, 9 and 10 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that ye may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And of course, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 22, or 21 says, Prove all things. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. You see, God says that we know the Son of God has come. And that the Son of God is Jesus the Christ. And whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Verse 1 tells us that. And we have this understanding. We have been given. You know, none of us naturally has this understanding. It's something that's given to us by God. And the more you study this book without preconceived ideas, you know what's wrong with a lot of people that confess the name of Christ? They come to this book with a preconceived idea. In other words, something that was taught to them and they make the Bible fit what they've been taught. Instead of going to the scriptures and let the scriptures determine their doctrine. Because if you come to it with preconceived ideas, you're going to come up with false doctrine. I understand that because I had to undo some of what I was taught when I was younger. I had some preconceived ideas. I had some preconceived ideas about eternal life. I had some preconceived ideas about baptism. I mean, I had to learn to let the scriptures correct that, along with other things. See, we need to, again, this understanding is given. He hath given us an understanding. Near the eternal life through Christ is a gift. And understanding God and who He is, what He's done for you, and what He desires of you is a gift. But you need to receive it. And the way you receive it is to put it into your heart. 
put it into your mind by renewing your mind and thereby proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The world's in the dark. They're lying comfortably in the wicked one. They need delivered. They, most of them don't know they need delivered. We know they do. Because we were once in the dark also. You know, since I've been in the light, I've never wanted to go back to the darkness. I love the light of day much better than the dark of night. I have no pleasure in the dark of night. The only pleasure I get in the dark of night is to go out and look at the stars. What am I looking at? Lights. Lights. I have no pleasure in darkness. The world's in the darkness. We have the light of life. And we have an opportunity. They're going to oppose us. Don't be offended or surprised. You know, the Samaritan woman really was offensive in her responses to Jesus. But he didn't. He just acted like it went like that. And he just kept on talking to her. He did not respond to the things she said. With offense. No, he just kept giving her truth. We have an opportunity because we know and we understand. Do you know and understand? Do you have the light of life?